It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. X Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking out they just, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? Pop would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an optimal. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie. He's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So what a long frown, a man home from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told y'all all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Tomorrow, need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo. Ready for the woe, and we so so silly with the flow. Somebody call a popo. Heard the lanes, and I swear they so so too much love for the fame just to go broke. You said, like, I had the rap game and the show card. No, I think I got the whole world on the rope. Don't gotta think a damn dog, you crazy. Is he the next Jay Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know. Maybe. Welcome back to the Insane Chick Podcast. It's your host, Chris, here, and uh, we're back for another. I, I, you know, maybe I should stop saying. That uh, I'm I'm here for the insanity check for the daily week of insanity because I really feel like this week caught up to me and um, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I just kind of want to pretend like this last week didn't fucking happen and uh, just uh, just you know like it's it, this week has been so bad we'll talk about it later but uh, we're literally going on a two week break <laughs> we're gonna talk about it like I can't do, I can't deal um anyway joining me. Uh, on today's show, this is a very special guest. Uh, no stranger to the MTR network. I've shouted her out before as being a very, very important piece of the MTR network, and um, I, 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 do, I cannot understand. You know, that is still underselling everything she does for us. I am joined by Shannon. How are you doing, ma'am? I am good. Possibly, maybe a little hungover, maybe a little still drunk, but you know, whatever. So, so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, it was a fun Saturday. I went wine tasting in Napa, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to schedule my, like you said, things are hectic, both in the world and with uh, my job and all this other stuff that's going on. So I have to schedule my fun. So <laughs> I made plans weeks ago. I was like, I'm going to Napa on the 30th. Um, and that's what I did. Well, that's good. That's That's, that's fun. And going to going to drink wine uh, is always a fun adventure. What's not fun is the hangover the next day. Mm, yes, that's that's <laughs> the part that you know seemed like a good idea at the time, but then you get home and you're like, mm, "Did not think that through. Did not think that through." But um, well, so 
we were mainly supposed to go to one place, but then <laughs> my friend found, <laughs> she found like a coupon that, not a coupon, but like we had went to this other event where they were like, come up and have like a free VIP tasting. And that was on our way to the other place. So we went there and then there was a detour um, because there was some sort of accident and the main road that goes through Napa is just two lanes. So they closed the part of the highway that we needed to get to the um, winery that we were going to. So where they cut us off was right next to a winery. <laughs> so we were like, we'll just wait here for the road to open. And we went in there and we had a tasting. We we're just having a good time and laughing with the, the guy. And so the, he ended up not charging us for that tasting. And then we went to the place where we had the reservation. And then we made a, another reservation at one of my other favorite places that also does complimentary tastings. And I think they do complimentary tastings because they know that their wine is so good that you're going to end up buying something. So we went there as well. So we went to four different places. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, there's nothing I can say about that. But you, you, you dropped something in there that kind of um, also uh, just reminds me of, of, of why... Shannon has been invaluable because uh, we're also prepping for San Diego Comic-Con. Um, this is why Shannon is such an invaluable part. Somehow she just gets free shit. <laughs> and we, like, Phenom and I haven't figured out how it works. I mean, it's it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, Shannon's a woman and that's why. But it's not because there are other women who are around who don't get the free shit that Shannon gets. Somehow Shannon just gets shit. I don't know what it is. Like... Yeah, there's only one of you, and uh, somehow you you just get shit. I don't I don't know. Like like that time you got um, McCad Brooks's uh personal email <laughs> to set up interviews later on, and we we're just like, how'd you? He just gave it to me. What do you mean he just gave it to you? Like <laughs> I don't I don't know. I still have framed my signed Black Panther movie poster from that I got last year. <laughs> That's right. I forgot you did the get. I forgot you got a sign. She comes back and is like, "Oh yeah, I got a sign. I got I got a signed uh, Black Panther poster." How? How did you? How did you? I you know, it just I just got it. It's just I don't know. It's just one of the things, you know. Nobody can be told what the matrix is. Nobody can be told how Shanna gets her shit. <laughs> it just happens, and I mean, we're grateful for it. We're very thankful. I'm thankful you're on my side, <laughs> you know. Until you take the MTR network from me, but like, I'm I very grateful for this. <laughs> but um so so we're gonna get into so do you want to you want to do your announcement now or do you want to do you want to speak the good word of trillo first like how, how do you i'm letting you go ahead and run the show because okay. it's kind of how you want to do it anyway so we'll get you practice <laughs> i feel like it's both okay because they go hand in hand gotcha so <laughs> first of all i have been working on this comic book um and i have been chris no i'm here i'm, I'm listening i'm just letting i'm letting you take take charge i'm letting you do your oh, thing I'm just making sure it's there. Okay. no no, no. Uh, been... you don't you don't need me anyway so i'm just letting you go ahead and you know get it out there and do what you got to do because the other thing too let me set it up real quick she just said she's working she, you just said you're working on a comic book like as if that's just ah, this is what i do in the spare time yeah just what i've been doing with all the other shit you be doing, somehow you've also found time to write a comic book. But whatever, continue. Okay, this has been, I will be honest, this has been 
probably like three, if we're talking about when I first started writing, it's been three years in the making. So this didn't just come out of nowhere. So about three years ago, I did uh, NaNoWriMo, which is uh, National Novel Writing Month. And I decided that that was going to be my push to complete a comic book script. Script. I have been listening, re- reading a lot of comics, um, following different writers on Twitter, um, getting the trades and the collections. And usually sometimes they'll do like script pages and kind of explain the process of it. And I've always written stories and obviously I write for you guys, um, but I was like, I really wanna try to do this. So I wrote the script um, and that was the first draft of the script. And then after I wrote the script, I kind of stepped away from it a little bit. I was just like, give it some time. Um, I went back and I did a second draft. And then what I did was I created a artist treatment because I realized I needed to find an artist. It was great to have the script, but I needed to find an artist if I actually wanted to make this happen. And so I created just like a short document that had like, what was the concept, a quick description of what the characters were. And when I saw artists whose work I liked, I would kind of reach out to them and be like, here, I have this idea. Um, Are you interested in working with somebody, collaborating? And one of the people um, heard is Tara. She was in the Project Fandom group and she would just post drawings that she did, like fan drawings of different characters. And I just liked her style. I reached out to her on Facebook and then didn't hear anything back for a while. And then last year when we were at San Diego, she messaged me and she was like, I just checked my Facebook messages. <laughs> um, so I say your thing. I'm really interested in working on this project with you. And so then we started, you know, slowly developing and going back and forth. And she started sending me images. And I have been paying her because I believe in paying artists for their work. Um, So I've kind of been paying her by the page. Um, And it's gotten to the point where I really want to finish this and develop it. I don't have the money to keep funding it myself. Um, And then I don't know if it was the all the stuff that's been happening with, you know, people choosing to take their own life or you know, just in general, the state of the world. But I think I saw somebody was like, you know, if you have something, like put it out there, get it out there however you need to. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. (laughs) And so basically I hit you up and I was like, so I want to do this. Like, I want to do this now. (laughs) I want to, you know, get people like, I was like, we can set it up like as a donation or whatever, but I want to launch this comic book. I want to make this happen. And thank you so much because Chris immediately jumped on it. It just, he was like, okay, (laughs) let's do this. And he was like, so we created a Trello card for it. I'm I'm so I'm so happy that the entire team is is buying in on Trello and it's it's one of my more proud moments. <laughs> it like has revolutionized our lives. You don't understand how much it changed my life. It really has. I have it on my phone. I get notifications when people comment or update things. And so this past two weeks, we've been 
working on getting the webpage together. Um, I created a Patreon. So um, you'll, if you go to the webpage, it'll give you a link to the Patreon, but it's basically patreon.com slash young God. Um, and young God is the name of the book. And I, I, was creating like all the levels and stuff and then I would just like go back and forth with Chris like like here are the images here's here's the text um for the web page um here's what I set up here's the link to the, like it's so amazing because you can just you can link everything directly to the card yeah which is that's the part that's great I don't know if folks have used like Google Drive and Google Docs and stuff like that that's what I primarily use at work and it's great but every time you need to find something you have to like go back through your emails or go through your drive and remember what the document was called and all that kind of stuff and I'm constantly searching for stuff in my Google Drive and with Trello I can just be like I'm working on this project create a card for it and then here are all the things all the documents that are linked to it yeah, it's we use for the for MTR network. We use Dropbox for everything, <clears throat> and it's fine when like some of the shows I know where they're at. Like Supergirl has its own folder, so Supergirl will go in there. But every now and then, people would do an episode or do something that didn't fall into one of the predetermined boxes. So it's like, yeah, so uh, where is the file? And then sometimes <laughs> it wouldn't get updated because you know sometimes you go to up, you think you uploaded to Dropbox, but it didn't really get there. So it's like sometimes I'm waiting. Everyone's like, whoa, did you put the show up? It's like, whoa, I didn't see the file. Here, like, you know the file's there because you have to link to it in the card, and it just makes everything so easy. I'm notified. Like, it, it, it sends a notification on my phone. Like, I get text messages. It's like, this morning, I thought I'd be getting text messages from, 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 from somebody else. And it turned out it was, <laughs> it was Shannon asking about certain things about the, um, the web page, uh, the, the, um, the page we were putting up on, on the website. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, let me go work on that now." <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's great. I'm I'm use, I'm actually using it for my my home improvement stuff I'm doing for the house. Like, I'm using it for everything. I put that shit on everything. It's like red hot, you know. Frank's red hot. It's it's true. It's, it's so good. And yeah, I put due dates on stuff. And like even if I don't necessarily hit the due date, I got to be better about that. <laughs> but just having the notification where it's like, you know, you said that this was due today. <laughs> Yeah, she'd be looking and at you, you know, in the face, be like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you fucked up, right? You know, you supposed to do this like two weeks ago." And I'm just like, "Yeah, I know, and I'll get to it. okay, okay." And eventually, you do it because you're like, "Fuck, fine, damn, leave me alone," you know. <laughs> so no, it's it's great. So much. Yeah. Um, I actually just had a, a meeting with somebody, and I was asking like, "Okay, like, do you guys have any project ma management kind of software or anything that you use? It's like a common thing. And they were like, well, everybody kind of does their own thing. She's like, but I use Trello. And I was like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's talk about it. We talked like for five minutes. I feel like I've become a Jehovah witness or Trello. It's like, I just go up to people. It's like, have you heard the good word about Trello? Have you heard of our Lord and savior? Uh, can I, um, can it interest you in some uh some apps? <laughs> you know, it's just a very oh, but it is great. No, seriously. So I I I bored a seventeen year old for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I was like, I know you're like not at this place in your life, but if you ever need something to organize your life, you should really get <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's um yeah. I I'm 
I'm, I'll be honest, it's probably my best decision of all year. I, I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to invite the team, and we're going to see how this works. And I was like, I, it's working. Oh, my God, it's so good. <laughs> you know, so. Um, all right, so we, we've spoken the good word of, of Trello, but let's get into your actual comment, because, I mean, you, you kind of, you, you, you've gone into, you know, your decision on, you know, on how to, why, why you wanted to do this, and why, why now, and you even kind of mentioned the name of the comment, but can you, can you kind of give people um, more background on the actual comic you're writing, like what's it about, the characters, and and all that good stuff, and and, and basically why they, uh, outside of you being Shanna and you're just gonna get support anyway, but outside of that, why they should support um this, the, you getting this book published. Um, so the concept of the comic is that there is this young boy, um, his name is Arun, uh, he is Muslim first generation um his parents so his parents are immigrants and he's just a regular kid he you know his parents are religious he's not really um he's just he just wants to live his life he cared the thing that he loves are his friends and his family um and then he finds out that he is the reincarnation of Jesus and that changes his life um he is now caught in this place where the the world is full of gods not just you know he finds out there are other gods around as well um but now society expects certain things of him and also given who he is they don't expect him to be what he says he is mm-hmm. um so it's this clash between what you thought your path was and or what you want it to be versus what society expects you to be um and then it's also just kind of this superhero origin story you know with this teenage boy figuring out what his powers are and he has uh three best friends his closest friend is dylan who is this uh black girl and she and I'm saying the races because the fact that the characters are of color matters to me and is important. Um, Dylan is his best friend. She's kind of the mom of the group. Um, she mothers everybody. Um, and so her finding out that her friend has these powers, it has a big effect on her as well, because she's trying to figure out how how do I support him in this? Um, and then she has a larger role to play that will come up as the book develops. Um, He has another friend, Jay, um, who is this uh, Filipino kid. And he's just kind of like the comic relief, um, funny, um, but has a big heart. And then the last friend is Lily. Um, She is a friend and also they used to date as well, her and Arun. So And she's a little bit different. So the whole book takes place in the Bay Area. Um, Dylan, Arun, and Jay are all from Oakland. Lily actually lives in San Francisco, and they all go to school in San Francisco. Um, So she comes from a more upper middle class kind of background. So she's connected to them, but she also always feels a little bit apart from the group as well. Mm -hmm. And there are other characters that will come in. different gods from different uh, and theologies. Um, and they all, they all have their own agenda. 
Um, some of them want to see Aaron like succeed and some of them have their issues with him, especially um, there's a little bit of the old gods, new gods, like Christianity is a religion that kind of absorbed a lot of other religions. Mm -hmm. So some of the gods are resentful about that. Hmm. Um, how many, how many, uh, how many issues have you, have you, have you written out or have you planned for? Um, I've written the first full issue um, and I'm about halfway through the second issue, but I'm also changing some things because I think I want the first issue to be a, a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that there's going to be at least three arcs of about three to four issues each. Um, so in total, I want to do about 12. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Cause I think this is interesting. I think there's a lot of people out there. You mentioned something before about, you know, people kind of saying, you know, now, you know, if you, if something you want to do, go out there and do it. Um, what have been some of the challenges you found in, in, in trying to, you know, write your own comic? I mean, people always say, Hey, you want to do something, go out and do it. But I, I think they always kind of like missteps. You know, it's like, oh, go out and do this. And you're like, oh, whoa. Like, it's not that easy. Like, I got a full-time job. I got this. I got that. And also just doing doing this and doing your own thing, it's it's not easy. It's hard. <laughs> it's draining. It really is. Um, I think for me, the hardest part initially was finding, finding an artist, you know, finding somebody who um, was interested in doing this with me because a lot of times what I find now is that um, most artists are also writing their own stuff so they don't necessarily like they already have their story that they want to work on mm -hmm. um, so as somebody who just writes I have no artistic talent in that area <laughs> finding somebody who's like willing to do this with me um, that was hard at first and then you know, finding time to write. What I find is that when I get the drawings back, that makes me want to write more. So that's also part of the reason that I decided to launch the Patreon because a big part of the Patreon is me wanting to pay my artists. I think it's so important that we pay um, independent artists. And I know that like when I get drawings back or, you know, when we're, you know, working back and forth, that's what inspires me and keeps me going. And I'll stay up late writing, you know, I'll, I'll find the energy to work um, when I have that kind of going back and forth um, happening. So yeah, that's, that's really what kind of inspired me in terms of like, I, 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 I want to get my story out there and it's like, I just need to overcome the little things, which are, you know, money and time are probably oh, yeah. the things that hold us back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> money and time definitely will, uh, like, it, I, I would even say, like, maybe even time, I don't want to say time over money, because it really depends, but, like, you can, you, you can never get your time back, Right. And so it's like if you don't have enough time to get something out, it's really hard to find that time. Because also there's times when you're trying to you're trying to make the money and get the money for your project, which takes away your time for actually doing the project. So it's just like it's a constant struggle. 
And um, <clears throat> all right. Um, so with this story, why this story? Is there, was there a particular thing that drew you to telling this particular story? Like I didn't hear the backgrounds of, of where these, these characters are located. And I'm like, okay, well that sounds like you. <laughs> like it fits you. But is there anything else that drew you to actually telling this story? Um, I, as you know, I do the, um, the reviews of uh, Wicked and Divine for mm -hmm. the site. Uh, Wicked and Divine was definitely an inspiration in terms of, um, I just, this idea of gods in modern time is very interesting to me because I feel like a lot of people were so divided when it comes to religion. Mm -hmm. I feel like people are either very, very religious or they're atheists. And then even atheists are kind of oddly like so anti-religion that they sound <laughs> the same as people Look, who are very religious. Don't don't let anybody fool you on this. For the people that make it known all the time that they're atheists, it's another religion. It is. It, it just yeah. is. You have the religion of no religion. And and to the point of you like when it gets to be the point of like you're literally arguing about like the Ten Commandments outside of a fucking courthouse. You've made your own religion. It's no religion. And fuck. Give it a rock. Give it a rest. Like <laughs> is it that serious? Like it's just oh, it's and it's something I think that it's an entry point for everybody, right? Whether you're religious or not religious, religion has touched you in some way, right? So every you, you know the has stories. A point we know the story. Um, yeah, like we all we we know the story of Jesus. Everyone knows the story of Jesus. And then the other thing is that I really wanted something that represented you it where people of color were represented and put at the forefront. Um, so I, it was important to me that these characters were people of color. Um, it's set in Oakland because I've lived here for about. 12 years now so you know at this point <laughs> right no i heard I that i was like of course i mean it, it would be set nowhere else i mean duh <laughs> yeah and then i work with uh teen teenagers so i think so often teenagers are seen as uh, when you see them in media first of all they're always either like too precocious and annoying or they're just extra emo it's like oh my god dad oh my god mom like you're ruining my life teenagers aren't like that <laughs> maybe they are with their parents but they're not like that with their friends they're not like that with adults that they trust um uh, the teenagers i know are super passionate and really articulate and interesting and so i wanted to show teenagers who are like that you know who don't necessarily have it all figured out they're gonna make mistakes but they have a point of view and they feel strongly about things and you know not just about you know making out with their boyfriend or girlfriend like they they feel strongly about what's happening in their world um so i wanted to show that as well it's funny and how, go ahead. i was gonna say it's funny how like you said about the way we talk about teenagers, it's kind of almost like the way people talk about millennials, and you know that the age of millennials always kind of changes and moves up. It's all, it, it it moves down just enough to cover whoever is not writing about millennials at the time. And it's funny to me because when it comes to millennials and teens and being a kid, adults always act like they weren't teens, and so it's like 
you actually have life experience you can pull from. This isn't you can't say this about, about many other things, right? But you were a teen at one point. Did you talk that way? Well, no, but then why are you writing teens to talk that way? It's like think back to your think back to your childhood. What are you doing? It's it's very, very weird how we treat um how we treat growing up in this country. Like we literally forget where we came from. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the teens that I work with, I tell them all the time because they're like I'm a giant child. I my house is filled with dolls and toys and you know I and comic books. So I'm a giant kid and they think it's cool because they think I'm like the cool adult who does all the fun stuff, um, which I kind of am. I have a lot of disposable income um, to spend on comic books. But I'm like, when I was a teenager, you probably wouldn't have hung out with me. <laughs> You're far cooler than I ever was at that age. Um, so I'm like, those, those are the teens I want other teens to see. And not in that uh, also TV gives us this weird... Uh, view of teenagers because they're usually played by adults. Yeah, that's always weird too. Like that's what the the great thing about Tom Holland is like he's actually of age, close enough age, and all that entire homecoming class uh, cast was actually relatively the same like teen age. Where usually they cast thirty year thirty year olds. I feel like Hollywood is changing that now, and they are starting to cast more age appropriately. But every now and then you do get somebody's like. 35 to 40 playing like an 18 year old and you're like that doesn't that, that doesn't play yeah what are we doing why are you doing this why are you doing this <sighs> and then that really that's that's what i want to show i just want to show teenagers who are real and care about stuff and are having a hard time be also because society tells them that they are nothing but emo teens who don't have real opinions and they're crisis actors and all these other things that we say to devalue teenagers opinions Hmm. Hmm. all right so uh you want to go ahead and tell people where they can find at least oh yeah because you want to tell them where they can find out more about the comic uh more about you and Tara and uh, your Patreon? Um, yeah. So we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash young God. And I also started a Twitter um, profile for the comic. It's young God comic one. Um, and I'll be tweeting from my personal account, um, uh, all this information so if people want links and the idea for the patreon is that i want to try and get in the first month at least a hundred patrons and preferably i'm like the the goal is there's a a one dollar level a five dollar level a seven dollar level and a ten dollar level if i can get at least 25 people at the seven dollar level that is enough to pay my artist to do about five pages a month. And if people stick with me from July all the way to uh, December and, you know, we're rolling along and folks are subscribing, then we should be able to do either a print or a digital release of the first issue in the new year by January. So it's a, we're starting small. I'm not like asking for a bunch. And what I did was I looked when I was setting up the Patreon, I looked at other people who have similar 
um, projects and all the levels were pretty low. So I tried to keep it pretty low, pretty chill. Um, people would be able to get uh, previews of the art as well as um, script pages. And I think it's a, cause like you said, you're like, who just creates a comic? <laughs> And that's kind of how I felt when I started this. I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't know how you just do this. Like, how do people just do this? Because I'm seeing, I go to conventions and I see people and they're like, I created this comic, you know, and I printed it myself. And I'm like, how, how, how does someone do that? And so I think what's unique about the Patreon is that what we want to do is show you what the process looks like and take you through it. And so if you sign up and you subscribe with us, then you'll like be following us on this journey um, of creating this and seeing how we do it. And, you know, and you get kind of like the insider's view of what this looks like. I thought we talked when we were talking, you know, you were like, okay, are you trying to like sell this to like a company or, you know, <laughs> like what's your, like, wh like what's your plan for this? Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like, I'm at the plan. Like, I'm just like Thanos. I'm like, I'll do it myself. I just want to get like, it done. You just want, you just, you just, you honestly just want to, you, you, you have a story you want to tell, you want to get out there at this point. That's, that's your goal, which I totally can respect. And, you know, we're going to support, you know? And I feel, I feel like the way to get out there and to get noticed by companies is kind of to do it yourself. Um, I have a friend who she has a book, she's an editor and she has a book coming out with image. Um, it hasn't even released yet. And she just got a movie deal. Mm. I think it's crazy, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, <laughs> It's it's like people, and also the fact that she's a a woman who is a force behind this comic. I'm like, people need to know stories like that. People feel as if this is so out of the realm of possibility. And what I'm just finding more and more as I talk to people is that it's not out of the realm of possibility. You just you you need to be able to see people you know like that doing the thing that you're interested in to believe that it's possible. Yeah, I think that I think there's two things. I think one, the internet has made it so that you can cut a lot of the middlemen out or woman, middle woman out, you know, and you can just go out there and and put it yeah, it's more work. You can do it yourself. It's kind of like I'm doing I'm doing work on my house, right? I could go out here and we had this conversation before we started the show. I can go out here and I can I can do things myself. It will take a little bit longer. But I can get it done, maybe be a little cheaper, but I still can do it myself. Now, if I can get somebody else to come out here and do it, that's great. But that doesn't say that I couldn't have done it myself. You have enough tools. You have enough uh, capability out there to do it. Now, that said, I think there's also a thing where people seem to think that because the Internet's here that and ev everybody can do it, that everybody is doing it or that the market is saturated and that you can't get your voice heard. You know, you hear this all the time with podcasting and things like that. And my answer to that is no, because if your goals are small, yeah, if you want to go out there and be in the top 1%, that's always going to be hard to do. But there's so many people out there, like the way we've gotten and built, you know, the MTR network and the way we got support, we have, we have a relatively small but supportive group of fans that help us do a lot of stuff, you know, that, that give us opportunity to do things so that, you know, we can have a page that can help support, you know, you and your endeavors and things like that. 
That's all you really need. You just need a small group of people that believe in your cause, and you find that group. And out of all the billions of people in the world, you tell me you can't find that. If you if you think of it that way, it makes the goal a lot more achievable. You know, that out of all the billions of hundreds of billions of people in the world, I just want let's say a hundred. I want a hundred to support me in this, and I can get this goal. That makes it a lot easier to think about it that way. You know. And also, I think for so long, I was holding it so tight. Like, I, like you said, like you didn't even, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I want to launch my comic. And you were like, what's it about? <laughs> like, cause I hadn't told you what it was about. I just told you I was writing this thing and I was holding it like so tight. Cause I think I wanted it to be like, I wanted it to be done like Mm -hmm. before I tell anybody what it's about I I want it to be finished and done and like this is it and this is the whole thing and here's this thing that I made and deciding that I'm going to do it now really made me realize that I had to open up about it and let people in on what it was and help them see the vision so that they want to support me yeah well I mean you know what's funny what you described is literally what happened with me in the NPR network like, I was holding everything so close, didn't let anybody in, did it myself, because you're afraid. It's hard to open yourself up. When you open yourself up, and, and and I think it's also this idea that, you know, you're always worried about, you're always worried the worst of people, right? That people will betray you, something will work out, some somebody won't be there to support, and you, you'll lose the thing that you've been working on that's so dear to you. But the truth is, the way that, you know, anybody, like, this idea that people being self-made and and not having any help is bullshit, Right. There's always been somebody there to help the most successful people get ahead and in anything they're doing. Some you always have to have somebody there beside you. And so yeah, no, I um I'm glad I can be here to help you with this. And we are definitely gonna support. Um one thing that we we, we did on the site is if you want to get more information about uh Shannon's comic, Young God, you can go to younggod.mtrnetwork.net. You go there, you'll see some images, you'll see some of the artwork. Um from the uh, from the comic on that page, you also have the link to the Patreon. So if you you know somehow forgotten that uh, what what the Patreon is, you can go from there, and you also get Shanna and Tara's um, bios. So those are all there, and I think it's also the um, Twitter handle. And we'll, we'll and, and as as, as Shanna you know gets more information, gets more uh, stuff going, we'll put more and more on that page, and, and it'll it'll be there. But it's younggod.mtrnetwork.net. Uh, and um, yeah, And I think the other thing that's really important to state is that, you know, I'm a black woman. My artist is a black woman. She's a student. Um, so this is kind of her first major project um, that she's done, like outside of schoolwork. Um, and then the hope also is to get other artists, whether they be people of color, queer, um, women, non-binary, involved so I had this idea of when we do a print run I would like to do variant covers mainly because I love variant covers I'm that person who has like two or three issues of the same like copies of the same issue because I like all the different variants that they did so I wanted to do that as well um and I'm there's a couple artists I have in mind to do variant covers when we're ready to go to print um and i I want this project to be a project where I'm pulling in people who are not who you think of when you think of the comic book industry. Oh, that's or good. 
have not done something like this before. I want it to be like I'm new. I'm not over here trying to act like I'm an expert on anything. So I want to pull in other people like me who are like interested and then they can say that they have something that's like published and printed. That's good. I'm like I said, I'm I'm really excited. Like I said, when you told me about this, I one I was like, wait, you're writing a comic? Like I I I kind of knew you were doing something. Cause every now and then you would say something. You wouldn't just come out and say this. But I knew you were applying for grants. I knew you were doing something. So I'm like, I know Shannon's over there doing something because Shannon's always over there doing something. So we'll see. And like <laughs> you came and told me, I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. I think that's part of why I, I didn't blink. And it's just like, yeah, sure. Okay. Because it was just like, I knew you were doing something. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like whatever it is, she'll tell me and I'll support it and that'll be it and whatever. <laughs> so Chris is so thoughtful like he he does these like state of the network emails to all of us it's so corny where he'll be like this is what we're doing and this is where we're at and you know he's always like give me your goals (laughs) that like things that you want to do and things that you want to achieve and all this other stuff so then when he created the trello board um for the network he put goals as one of the (laughs) things (laughs) And I was just like, Chris is just the best. He just cares so much about our dreams. And um, finally, I was just like, I, I think I just was like, added the card and I was like, launch Shanna's comic book. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I put it under. Right. And it wasn't even like I looked at it and then like put a comment. I was like, what is this? I was just like, huh, launch comic book. Oh, well, I guess we're doing that now. Okay. <laughs> what about my business? Like, I'll yeah, so talk to you. bring up some stuff. Timeline, and I was like, two weeks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, well, we'll work that out. We'll do that. I mean, it's, okay. I guess we're doing it then. Right. No, but it, it's so funny because it's the same thing. I've had this conversation with Latoya from Secret Sauce, things like that. Like, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, I'm not paying anybody right now. You know, and I think I think that it's like you said, when you're, you're paying your artists and I, I think that it's important that people get some kind of compensation for what they're doing. You know, even if it's like free labor, and a lot of you will put so much work in behind the scenes. Um, and that's why I always say the network is all of us, not just me. And I feel like I have to give you guys some kind of value. If it's not money, it's got to be something. So when you guys are like, hey, I want to launch my business or, hey, I want to launch my comic and I want to use the audience we've we've created here, my answer's got to be like, yes, because what kind of a dickhole would I be to say, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it fits our brand. It's like, uh, well, you literally have created how we have this brand. So, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, no, it was something weird. Like, hey, I want to launch a neo-Nazi uh you know, comic. I'm be like, uh, I'm not sure that matches with our brand, and we need to have a conversation about your, you know, you you doing things for us anymore. On the side, right, 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 <laughs> right. Nice but right, but that's not it, you know. And I know everybody has, you know, it's one of those things. I, I I know we have somehow lucked up with MTR Network to reach an audience and have these people here that support us and like what we're doing. And I think the only way for us to grow, I mean, the only way for for us to grow as a network at this point, because we have. We have a solid base. We have a solid base of fans that are always going to be here. The only way for us to grow new fans is if I have full buy-in from everybody else who's doing work here. And you're only going to do work here if you're getting something out of it, whether that's money or whether it's being able to launch your own business, your own comic or something like that. And I feel like that's what we're here for. I mean, and if we can help, like, 
me and you are going to have a talk after this because I was sitting here listening to you talking. I was like, oh, I have so many ideas of what we can do now to help you even promote this stuff. Same thing I did with Latoya. It's like, I, I feel like, you know, your goals are, you know, the goals of the network and help us, you know, become a network. I mean, it's, I don't want to, I'm always deaf. I'm always so afraid of being that guy who is taking advantage of people. I do this shit with the, the premium user. You're a premium user and you email me. You have, and if you've emailed me as a premium user and you've had a problem, you probably have gotten an email from me at a weird time. Be it at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday or two o'clock in the morning somehow. Cause when I see the email, I can't go to sleep. I gotta be like, okay, I gotta figure out what the fucking problem is. All right, let me look into this. And then I work, work it to death. Those emails come from me. Nobody else. They come from me because I don't want people thinking that they can't, that I'm taking their money and running or doing something from them. I try to make sure that we get six, at least six premium episodes a month, even when it's hard. Like we, we got one in the, the skin of the teeth yesterday because it was the last day of the month. And I was like, shit, I got to put that uncanny X-Men uh, X-Force up because that'll give us six. Like, I'm always afraid that, you know, I don't want people to feel like I'm taking advantage of them. And that, and that goes not just for the fans, but also to people that do work for us. And like I, I said, this is on I think the last show or the show before last you have done so much work for us. And like I said, you're not always, I mean, people hear you on the Super Tuesday recap, but I don't think people see, like I said, they definitely don't see, and maybe this year we will, because we, we have some ideas for doing more consistent content when we're at San Diego Comic-Con. And so maybe people will be able to see the stuff we do in the background. We're going to take more videos, put more stuff over on YouTube of just the stuff we do running from press room to press room in and in, in in our rooms and 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 going on the floor and things like that. Like I plan on having more and more stuff, so you can see that you know the work that we do, you know, is work. You know, we are just as professional and just, you know, we're sitting there on the on the red carpets right next to other outlets that you know bigger outlets doing the same thing, and we work really hard. And you're part of that, and so yeah, of course I'm gonna help you do this. I mean, duh, <laughs> but. I'm I'm just glad you came to me. I'm glad that I'm glad that people feel that they can come to me, and and at the very least ask. Although I'm going to tell you right now, it's always going to be yes. <laughs> but I'm glad that I'm glad I, you guys feel that you can do that. Realize how uh, I I realize from years of working with you, <laughs> but I don't think people realize how paranoid you are about being a good leader. Um, so paranoid. in a way where I'm constantly like, like I make jokes about taking over when you do your heel turn, but I'm just like, if Chris ever started acting crazy, it would take me a minute because I'm so used to you being that, like that guy who's like, let me check in with people. Let me find them. So I'm like, if you start acting crazy, I would legit be like, okay, there's something it must be like a alien predator sort of body snatch situation. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? I think it's because so there's 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 two sides of Chris, right? There's the the Chris that deals with trolls and people who I just don't give a fuck about. And then there's the actual the real Chris who's like, oh no, I'm serious. Oh, are you hurt? Or is this something like what can I do to help? Like there's that person that there's that Chris is like Oh no, I, I need I I feel bad. Like I um I was just on um with uh, Rashani and I did the uh, single simulcast. And uh, uh, we did it on Friday, it was a great episode, go check that out. Um but what people don't realize is I was supposed to do that show a month ago. And what happened was 
I was in the middle of studying for my security plus. I was doing all the other stuff, and they sent me they sent me an email, and I I didn't put it in my calendar, and I literally forgot. It is the only it's the first time I've ever like missed a show like that and been that guest. When I found when, when I figured that out that I had forgotten, and I was like, because they had sent me an email, and this the reminder email had gone to my spam folder. And this is, again, how paranoid I am. I usually check my spam folder at least, like, twice a day because I, I, I miss things. So um, I was like, oh, my God, I feel so... Like, I sat there for five minutes before sending the email going, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did this. Normally, it's normal for podcast guests to back out last minute. I haven't happened to me before. It happens. Shit comes up. Life happens, right? But I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. I want to say... I feel like an asshole. I wonder if they think I did it on purpose. Like I, I just, I that's that's me. When I actually care, I I care. Like it's really hard for me not to care. Now if I don't give a fuck about you, like the trolls and the and the assholes online, then uh, yeah, I don't really give a shit how, what happens to you. You know, or you beat your girlfriend and you lock her up in prison and then you die. I don't care about your death. But you know, that's that's it's different. You know, there's levels to me. There's levels to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah no we're definitely going to support you and um yeah i'm really glad and i'm you know what i'm also glad about this too because i know i think you know I, I think the important piece is also having people let, let people know how your process goes i think a lot of people out there have thought about this and it's it, it, it's interesting people do this in comic books now because i feel like it's the same thing happened in in, in, in in podcasting where nobody was podcasting they started seeing people they knew podcasts and talking about podcasts, and then they started doing it, and I feel like the same thing's happened with comic books. So there's not. I'm now seeing at least like three or four people that I've interacted with, like kind of start to launch their own comic book and try to break into that industry. Not even like to like you know get with a big publisher, but just to tell their story. And so I think it's very very important. I think it's going to be good for for everybody to see that. So, and the thing that I've noticed too is. A lot of, I don't want to, I don't think this is just a color thing, but I think there is this image of like with what happened with Walking Dead and all of that kind of thing. I feel like a lot of the white people that I see who are interested in writing comics, it isn't about the story. They want a good concept that somebody will pick up and turn into a tv show or a mm. movie like they want that um and i think i feel like kelly sue might have said this in one of the um panels that i saw her on but she's just like i want to tell good stories and i want people to like i want my stories to be out there in the world and that's how i feel and i feel like when i see creators of color that it's similar. It's like you you want your stories to be out there in the world because you know that our stories are not. Um, and so it's like, I'm, I'm not, I didn't come up with this concept because I think it's so groundbreaking and, you know, Freeform will want to like make this their next show. It is it's I, kind of weird seeing people do that though. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the story I want to tell and I want people of color to be at the forefront of the story. Um, everything that's happening in this world, I just, we need, I don't even want to say we need people to see us as human because I don't think we should have to explain or justify our humanity. Um, but so much of it is ignorance. Mm -hmm. Some of it 
go for ignorance like people don't want to learn but also some of it is just that people have never encountered folks and don't see them as equal to them um so yeah i just i want to tell this story awesome well that is uh, again go to a uh, young god.mtrnetwork.net and you will see more information and please sign up for the patreon and uh help uh, help out and um all right let's because you kind of dropped it. I think it's a good segue. You kind of dropped about the uh, everything going on in the world this week. And um, so uh, justice from the Supreme Court, Justice um, Anthony Kennedy, conservative judge, had decided he's going to uh, retire from the Supreme Court. And um, we would give uh, Trump... Yet another um, Supreme Court pick. I mean, uh, it's not like anybody could have seen that coming. Um, that he would maybe be able to pick three or four Supreme Court judges. Because not like the judges have all been like in their 70s and 80s anyway. But, you know, who, who's counting? Um, now, now the, the interesting thing about this is it is a, an election year. And so, um, you know, obviously, you know, after... Uh, Mayor Garland uh, was blocked in election year because um, Mitch McConnell said that they, the American people should decide and uh, they should wait until the new president to decide um, that, uh, you know, of course, uh, Republicans are like, you know, that's what we should do. And um, well, Democrats are like, well, we, let's follow those rules and let's not uh, with the midterm coming up. Let's not uh, let's not confirm a new judge right now. Let's wait until the new Congress is seated. And then we'll figure it, figure it out. Now, and the Republicans, I think I have a good point here. Because it's not like they were saying that they would continue to block um, a Supreme Court pick if Hillary Clinton won, right? It's not like they said that. It's, you know, and they got a point. It's, it's a midterm election, not a presidential election, you know, and, and if, if, you know, Trump won, whether it's fair or square or not, you know, Russian interference and stuff like that, and you know, you have um, if Clinton won, the, obviously the 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 Republicans would have you know just confirmed her nominee, right? That you know, that's what they would have done. Huh? Wait, wait. What was this saying? Senator McCain says Republicans will block all court nominations if Clinton wins. Huh? It's from October seventeen, two thousand sixteen. Okay. Wait. Mike Lee explains why the GOP will block Garland even if Clinton wins. That was October 13th, 2016. Oh, interesting. Um, if Clinton wins, more in the GOP say no to full Supreme Court. It's November 1st, 2016. The Supreme Court has existed with its full complement of nine justices for close to 150 years. No matter who occupied the White House, now some Republican lawmakers suggest they'll be fine with just eight for four, year, four years more rather than have Hillary Clinton fill the vacancy. I, so, there's so many things wrong with this. Number one, uh, the voters, you know who you are, who just couldn't bring themselves to vote for Hillary, um, knowing that this was possibly going to happen. Now you have stuff coming out about Kennedy and his son possibly being linked to, you know, Trump money 
and Russians. Um, and of and the giant big call now for civility and reaching across the aisle and working together when I hate how the Republicans have turned this around or people have forgotten that their entire agenda during Obama was to block everything. Everything. It's been... So first, let's let's do with the first one. About, you know, Kennedy and the connection between his son and Donald Trump and, 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 and that bank, that foreign bank. Um... Just in case you thought it was uh, even on uh, uh, Snoop's, it's it's like it's unproven, but it's basically like, I mean, we can't say it's not like cause like if it's unproven, if it's, if it's false, people say it's false. But there's apparently, um, uh, his son has a, a connection to the same bank lo- bank loan or something like that that Trump did or something. It's very very. Let's see what it is. Uh, the bank loan Donald Trump over two two point five billion since nineteen ninety eight. It was fined $630 million for a $10 billion Russian money laundering scheme. Retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy's son was Trump's banker at Deutsche Bank. That's way too many coincidences. Yeah, that's interesting here. Um, but then, like you said, it's... One of the things that, that's been driving me crazy, because this is a new thing also to blame Obama for things, too, I don't understand, like, the greatest trick that has ever been played is the Republicans' ability to not be blamed for anything. As soon as it happened, people were like, oh, no, this is a Democrat's fault, this is a Republican's fault, Democrats need to fight this, they need to block this. I'm like, do you guys not understand how the government works? There's nothing Democrats can do. Democrats, all Democrats can vote no on this. And it would still go through. The weird thing about the way that things are framed, and I've brought this up before, let's say, because there's like three Democrats that are probably going to vote yes on this nominee no matter what because they're in, they're in red states like Manchin, and I can't remember the other two. Um, but Joe Manchin, he's from fucking West Virginia. Let's say you get those three Democrats to vote with the Republicans on this one. That still leaves you, what, the, the, the Democrats are what, like 49? I think they have 49 senators. That's only like 46, 40, 45, 46 that voted no. But they but the, the but the public's reality will be Democrats cave. Mm-hmm. And math. When did we start <laughs> failing math so bad? Oh no, no, all the Democrats have to do is do this. I'm like, they can't do shit. They don't have the numbers. Math. It's always been math. I'll give you some more math. Mm-hmm. When They'll you, do like, oh, well, why can't they convince enough Republicans to be on their side? Republicans don't care. <laughs> they want it to burn. I, they I, don't care. I, I, I did a post on exactly how this is going to go down. Susan Collins is going to come out. She's going to say she doesn't think, and she's already done this, by the way. I did it before she said this. That she's going to come out and basically say that she's concerned about the, the nominee. And she doesn't think that. Uh, and she doesn't want Roe v. Wade overturned and blah, blah, blah. They'll have the hearings. She'll still say she's concerned. She'll be the wavering vote. She'll get the hopes of Democrats up because they think they'll be able to convince her not to vote for it. She'll have a one-on-one meeting with Mitch McConnell. She'll then come back out and say, well, I was given assurances that it'll be fine. 
and she'll vote yes, which I believe is the same thing she did with Merrick Garland. I mean, not Garland, with Gorsuch uh, the, the last time anyway. You cannot count on the Republicans to do shit for you because they're not held accountable for anything. They are not. Republicans are not held accountable for shit because nobody expects them. Nobody expects shit from them. And I think that's what it is. And so we've lowered the bar so much for Republicans. They can literally do whatever the fuck they want. And people will sit there and go look at the Democrat and go, this is your fault. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, literally fucked either way. If the Democrats don't, if something doesn't get passed, then it's because the Democrats didn't fight hard, hard enough. If somebody, if something does get passed, the Democrats gave up too much to get it passed. I, I, I told, I saw this uh, thing the other day that was like, Democrats need to get it together um, and pick the right candidate in uh, 2020, because if they think that we are going to vote for somebody moderate, they're just going to have to deal with another four years of Trump. And this was progressive people. That means you're going to deal with another four years of Trump, you dumbass. Like, I, I, I can't say these people who act like they are not part of this, too. And, it, it's not, and, and I know people are going to say, oh, there's white people. No, there's some black people, too. And I'm like, yeah. yo, what, what are you doing? Because, first of all, it's insane. It is insane that the Democrats have to pick the right person for progressives to vote for them when the progressives are constantly moving the goalposts. Well, not just that, but like the the other side doesn't have to do it at all. Yeah. This is literally pick Trump. The the right was like, oh, I don't know about this. This guy's, and it's like, well, but you know what? We'll get the Supreme Court justice we want. So fuck it. They, that's literally what, that is literally what Mitch McConnell has done. Mitch McConnell hasn't done shit. He's a terrible Senate leader. When you look at what he's actually done, it's actually been nothing. But he doesn't do anything because he doesn't want to piss off Trump because he's gotten his back of his mind going, huh, let's see. We have all these justices. We have at least three more that are 80 years old. Fuck it. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. I'll, I'll take it. That is what he's betting on. That is what he's done. And like even here with Kennedy retiring, it's replacing another, it's replacing another conservative judge. It's okay. I'm not going to name names. But there are some other people that are not conservative on that bench who are really, really old. And I don't want to put that shit out there. But I'm just telling you, you should be worried. Trump could get three. When it's all said and done, Trump could get three to four. Supreme Court justice picks. That's fucking frightening. It was frightening in 2016. And we told people that, and they told me it didn't fucking matter. Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. I think, honestly, our best hope is that he is impeached, but he is impeached right before an election, and that the Republicans have to scramble to figure out who they're going to run. Yeah, that's... Because if he's a peach before that, we're getting Pence. Mm-hmm. Don't want that. If the Republicans have to scramble at the last minute and put Pence up, that's different because people don't like Pence. Pence is dry and he's awkward. Um, so I don't think he's somebody you want running a campaign. Um, but if if Trump is running again in 2020, I'm sorry, he's going to win. It's... 
Because the, the cognitive dissonance is is so strong, both amongst his supporters and amongst quote unquote progressives who see anybody that the Democrats put up who isn't anti-capitalism, anti and, and also you can't be those things. <laughs> you cannot be those things and win an election, a presidential election in this country. Uh, who was the uh, she was in front of the Bronx, the, the 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 big upset that happened this week in New York? Oh, uh, home, uh, Alexandra. It's she has two last names. I actually just followed her on Twitter. I love her. I think she's yeah. great. Um, yeah, she, no, she's great. She's, yeah, I think she can win in New York. Her name is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. There we go. I think she can win in the Bronx in New York. I think she's awesome. I don't think she wins a national election. Well, I think she even said that. Like, the, the weird thing, it's been weird seeing, what's been weird to me this week, and I didn't want to say it on Twitter because I was like, oh, I want people to have this win. It's good. I'm glad. Here's the thing. She deserved to win. One, her opponent apparently wasn't even living in the Bronx. He was living in Virginia. I was like, this dude wanted to lose. Like, he just, like, was coasting. And I think seats like that where the the representative doesn't represent the, doesn't really represent the, the, the district, and you can get, more progressive people like her in, do it. That works. But what's weird to me is seeing people sit there and make it seem like this is some kind of wave. And I'm like, mm, not really, because that does not play in a red district. I, I, and I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that that's the reality of it. And I think that's what it was oddly. T- I, I swear. I like Pelosi, like, I look, but she doesn't hear the white. People, I'm not voting for that Mexican. Like you, you right. just hear it. And, and I can not only just hear that, but I can like Pelosi when after once she was, she, she basically dismissed it. And I was like, Pelosi, you can't say that out loud, even though you're right. Because like that doesn't win in Alabama against Roy Moore. Doug Jones does. And I, I don't think people understand that you have to run people that look like the district they're in. That doesn't mean you run racist, and that doesn't mean you give them progressive ideals. However, it's a numbers game. Go back to math. The math isn't there. So when the math isn't there, you have to you you have to get smart. But this is also where the problem comes in at, because see, I remember the Bush years, and. What I don't think a lot of people remember is the way that the Democrats took back the houses. Yes, they got some progressives, but they also got a lot of moderates. And those moderates do become problems later on when you try to get a progressive president as Obama, because while they had a supermajority, some of those Democrats were so red. <clears throat> Max Baucus. That it was hard to get anything done because they were they were basic conservative Democrats. There's only but so much you can do, you know, and and I think people need to. This is this is this is a this is a long marathon. I think people are trying to make it seem like it's a sprint, and it drives me crazy. And the other thing too is I had this this long post on. It's like a mini rant on Twitter. I mean on Facebook. Because I'm also seeing people like once once the whole Kennedy thing thing was announced and people realized just how fucked they were, a lot of people. Myself included, we lashed out at people who didn't vote, third-party voters, you know, Bernie or Bus, and I, I think that 
a lot of people will say, oh, why are you guys still, why are you guys still talking about 2016? Why are you guys still reliving? Let it go. It's like, you know, it's don't blame third-party voters. Blame. All right. I think it's very, very important for people to realize exactly what, because we haven't had a conversation about what actually happened in 2016. We can go in and say, hey, Hillary Clinton didn't run the best campaign. Honestly, I think it's debatable because I think that she ran a good campaign. I think nobody listened because they were too busy following her emails and also Russian interference and 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 w- what that entailed. And I think that I don't think people have actually understood either read the articles, read the the findings, and understand what exactly Russian interference was. It wasn't them hacking. I think they tried, but it wasn't them hacking voting machines. It wasn't them just a targeting, you know, racist white people in the middle of the country. That It was so much more than that. The Russian interference in the last election was basically to dirty up Hillary Clinton and make her look like a choice uh, that nobody wanted to pick. One, it was helping, you know, a little bit of helping Trump, but they didn't care who the Republican nominee is. Their goal was to attack the credibility and the image of Hillary Clinton. And it wasn't just white people on the right that they that they they did this with. It was also black people, black voters. It was also Latino voters. It was also white progressives. All of this was part of the plan. All of that was in there. And it helps, yes, you know, the uh, uh gerrymandering and voter suppression and voter ID laws definitely hurt. Not going to say they didn't. They did. Absolutely. No one wants to admit that they got duped. That's what the problem is. Because here's the thing. Here's some of the arts. Here's some of the things that came out that nobody talks about. So in one of the indictments, Russians also tried to help Bernie Sanders and Jill sign presidential campaigns. It turns out Donald Trump wasn't the only campaign the the Russians allegedly tried to help during the 2016 campaign. Uh, Robert Mueller's uh, 37-page indictment results from the special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation shows that Russian nationals and businesses also worked to boost the campaigns of Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders and Green Party nominee Jill Stein in an effort to damage uh, Democrat Hillary Clinton. The Russians engaged in operations primarily intended to communicate derogatory information about Hillary Clinton to degrade other, other candidates such as Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and to support Bernie Sanders and then-candidate Donald Trump, according to the indictment. The documents were spelled out the detail, in details how the Russians worked to support Trump's campaigns unless that on or about February 10, 2016, Russians internally circulated an, out, out, an outline of themes for the future content to be posted on social media accounts. Specialists were instructed... Oh, hold on. I just got... Stop. Close this. Uh, specialists were instructed to post content that focused on policies in the U.S. and the USA, and to use any opportunity to criticize Hillary Clinton and the rest, except Sanders and the rest, except Sanders and Trump. We support them. The indictment said. On or about November third, two thousand sixteen, just five days before the elections, the Russians tried to boost Stein's campaign by buying an ad to post on Instagram uh, on an Instagram account Blacktivist, which we'll get to that account in a minute. According to the indictment, the ad read in part, choose peace and vote Jill Stein. Trust me, it's not our wasted vote. It was a wasted vote. You don't. <laughs> yeah, it was. People don't, want to admit, people don't want to admit that they were duped. That it doesn't mean that Hillary Clinton was a great 
candidate or was perfect or didn't have any dirt with him. No, but did you find it weird that everybody talked about her super predator comments when Bernie Sanders voted for the crime bill? Why was one weighted so much more when one actually voted for the crime bill and another one didn't? It's because that's part of the campaign. You were inundated with fucking ads and all this information saying how bad it is. Hey, guys, subliminal messages work. Mm-hmm. If you see it enough time, you start believing it. And you know what? You Maybe you stay home. Maybe you're like, I can't vote for this woman. Like, it was all part of the campaign. You were duped. It's fine. You got to admit it. But we don't have that conversation now. I think this is the problem I'm having. Because people don't want to admit this shit, they don't understand that it's going to happen again in 2020. Whoever the candidate is, is going to be dragged through the mud. And you're not going to vote because you're going, oh, whoa, no, they're not. And I'm like, that's not how it works. And because you are thinking there's this weird thing of people are, I I need to vote for somebody who's uncompromised. I need to vote for somebody who's unbought. Um, All the, like, I'm sorry. If you're in politics, nobody's uncompromised. Nobody is unbought. Everyone is beholden to people who give them money. People are, but also the bigger thing is that they are, they should be beholden to the people. And I just, there was nothing about Hillary Clinton's campaign that made me think, I'm like, yeah, she has funders who are rich companies, but there was nothing about the things that she said or did during her campaign that made me think that she didn't just also care about people. I mean, you look at her record, you look at at what her husband has chose to do post his presidency. And like, he has even come out and been like, yeah, some of those policies that I did during my presidency at the time, I thought they were good, but now I see the horrible effect that they have had on people. So I don't know. It's like this weird thing where to go back to homeboy uh, XX uh, Tentacion. Um, everybody like, like lo- loves to talk about like the potential that he had to change. But then I see people out here actually changing and y'all don't want to give them an inch. Well, that's like people yeah. are actually growing and you're not listening to them. Hillary Clinton ran a campaign that was to the left of Barack Obama and still wasn't enough, which is bullshit. Like, I'm sorry she did. And if we think about it, in a way, sometimes in that other campaign, she did get a little bit racist, and that's why I had a problem with her also. Uh, She came out for LGBT rights before he did, I believe. You know? It's just... So here's the thing. So in that that other article, I mentioned that that account, Blacktivist. Here's another came. So, uh, again, this came out uh, September 2017. Did Russia fake black activism on Facebook to sow division in the U.S.? When longtime Baltimore activists first saw a Facebook account called Blacktivists organizing a local police uh, brutality march, they immediately were suspicious. The page honoring Freddie Gray, who had died in police custody a year earlier, quickly acquired a sizable following, but no one knew who was running it. Uh, Herbert Brown III, a pastor and community organizer, messaged Blacktivists asking if the person lived in Baltimore. No reply back to Blacktivist on uh, April 15, 2016. But there are people in Baltimore, volunteers, we are looking for friendships because we are fighting for the same reasons. At the time, Brown thought it was an out-of-town figure trying to co-op the local movement for publicity. Another activist, uh, Jamie Wooden, 
theorized uh, black activists could be an un- undercover or undercover police officer spying on protesters. Neither thought the online figure purporting to be an ally was an agent of Russia. The Blacktivist account now appears to be a now now appears to have been part of the Kremlin's effort, uh, Kremlin's covert effort to stoke racial tensions and influence of the U.S. election, according to CNN, with cited sources with knowledge of the matter. The report is intriguing twist to the controversy embroiling Facebook and Twitter, which are facing growing scrutiny in Congress amid concern that false news stories, fake profiles, and automated Russian bots spread on their platforms. However, the proactive role Blacktivist played in the communi- communicating with activists. With authentic, seemingly turn of uh, turns of phrases, says another level of sophistication. For example, when Brown and a private message thread with activists criticized the imposter for organizing a Baltimore event, the account responded with a sincere-sounding apology. What can we do to make the situation better? A minute later, they apparently contrite. Blacktivists added, "I got you. This must uh, be really wrong. I feel ashamed." Brown publicly urges followers not to attend the Blacktivist March, and it's unclear what kind of effect the propaganda had in Baltimore. However, archive posts for the since-deleted Blacktivist pages, which reportedly had 360,000 likes on Facebook, surpassing an official Black Lives Matter account, shows his commentary uh, emulated and con- contributed to the outraging, outrage fuel in the music, uh, the movement. Cops raided wrong home and assaulted pregnant women, the account said in one Facebook post, linking to a story of police violence, and saying cops polarized handcuffs man, said another. Other Blacktivist posts urged followers to stand together and end oppression, saying our race is under attack, but remember, we are strong in numbers. It's a concerted effort, guys. And I know people are going to sit there and say, I just couldn't. I Listen. What's done is done. But you need to come to terms with how wrong you were. Because you were wrong. You were. I'm sorry. You were wrong. And I'm not going to put all the blame there because there's a lot of blame to go around. Like I said, I've not understood the defense of the FBI and Comey because just even before the whole election thing, come on, folks. But Comey's a piece of shit. James Mm -hmm. Comey is fucking a piece of shit. That said, there's a lot of people out here who said a lot of things like, hmm, you know, if, um, like, Mark Lamont Hill had the whole comment, I think it was on the Breakfast Club, where he basically said, you know, if Trump wins, it'll kick off the revolution and people will stop being lazy and get, get more involved. Like, the, the reason why that bothered, that, like, a comment like that bothers me so much is, why the fuck, Black Lives Matter started under Obama. Mm-hmm. People started rallying under the black president. And I'm not saying that people are not doing that now. They are, but it, you ever notice how it seemed to get a lot more news attention back under Obama. You wonder why? Because you at least had a president who cared. Who was in some ways supportive. Who invited you to the White House. Who had this conversation. Who had made this a national conversation. Now, no, we don't have that. And you've made it harder. Also, yeah, this false idea that like, well, if we have Trump people will be protesting more but it doesn't matter how much you protest if the people in power don't care enough to do something about the issues you're protesting against so it's like if you have a Hillary Clinton in office and something goes down and you protest at least under her action would be taken by people in power Trump don't like 
y'all go ahead and march and yes, families belong together and all of that. It's Trump's policy. <laughs> like, he's not trying to change it. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. Also, he loves it when y'all are out there marching. It's like another rally to him. He he likes attention. He doesn't care if it's good or bad attention. He uses that. He uses that as fuel. It's 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 it. I don't think people realize. Here's the thing. I, again, I think a lot of people don't remember what happened. For some reason, if there's one thing I will blame Obama for is that he made it seem too easy. Because I think people have forgotten what the eight years of Bush were like before, which is why I'm terrified for 2020. Because we've been here before. We've been here before where you have something that goes, hey, people are talking about abolish ICE, right? And that's the new thing is, you know, you're getting people saying there and, and that's like the new progressive. I don't understand how that making abolish ICE is the, the progressive call right now. ICE has only been around since the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. Only been around since 2001. That's not a progressive movement. That the Patriot Act was terrible. So anything that comes out of that, it's not, it's not really progressive. It's just like common fucking sense. So all this stuff is coming from there. Like, you want to abolish this stuff because, like, what if you take out the eight years of of Obama, what you're getting with Trump is a continuation and the 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 escalation of what Bush did. That is what you're getting. And because Bush did the same thing, people would rally. We'd have big anti-war marches. Somehow Bush still won that second term. Mm -hmm. Didn't fucking matter. You wonder why also? Because again, people were still doing the thing that Shannon just mentioned about still trying to be purity. Oh, well, John Kerry isn't, isn't, isn't exciting enough. You could run a car. You could run drying paint. In 2020, I'm voting for it. I don't like Bernie Sanders. I think the I, I think he's full of shit. If it comes down to Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, I will fucking I, I'm just gonna vote. I might I might even say I'm gonna hold my nose. I'm gonna do what I normally do. Go down to where my where my election are held. Gonna go vote. That's it. That's what I'm gonna do. You know, it's like what what else am I supposed to what what else am I supposed to do? I don't have another fucking choice. There is no other fucking choice. There was no other fucking choice in 2016. Like people and wanted this, to have oh. this idea of I cannot bring myself to vote for somebody who does not hold all of my values. What do you think black people, especially black women, have been doing since forever, since we got the right to vote? I, this idea, it's, it's, it's so very white and so very privileged. This idea that you can only vote for a candidate that holds all of your same values. What drives me crazy it's is, oh, can't do lesser of evil, lesser of two evils. Motherfucker, you do lesser of two evils every time you wake up in the morning. I'm living in a lesser of two evils. I'm living in the country where my ancestors weren't considered whole people. And I have to, at any moment, know that if the vast majority of white people decide we can go back to that time, we will go back to that time. I'm living in the, two, the lesser of two evils. And I don't understand why people think that somehow politics somehow different. Like, go back to Alabama. In Alabama, you had 
Doug Jones, who seems boring, and since then has, again, made some votes that I don't agree with and I think are stupid. At the same time, the person he was running against was an out-and-out racist pedophile. You vote for Doug Jones. You, you vote and for Doug Jones. Last time I was on, how many like outright racist pedophiles are running this fall? This is not getting better. <laughs> they're they're just voting in more racist pedophiles. You guys. If if, if if hey look if we get if we get more if we get if it means getting more people, women of color, you get people like Cortez and and everybody else. Who, if we get more, hey, good. Look, I, here's the thing. I I'm always getting on show socialists because I I find that they have the most lofty ideas that I'm just like, hey, good on you. I wish I had that belief in people. Right. I don't give a shit. If you're a socialist, I don't care. You're not a racist. Once you're not racist and you're not the Republicans, I'll probably vote for you. Hey, we'll give it a try. See what happens. I don't believe, I, I believe that you have way more faith in being able to pull this off than, than, than I think it's going to happen. But good for you. We'll try. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I think, yo, look, like I said, I, I think a lot of socialists, I think they, they it's good on paper. But I think that they have they have forgotten the key ingredient of any system we pick is the people, and the people are clearly fucking stupid. And so I don't believe it can work. That doesn't mean if this between you know, socialists and Donald Trump, I'm not gonna. I'm, clearly, I'm voting for the socialists. Fuck it, we'll try it. I, I, it's that simple. Is that is that fucking simple? I, I, we need a third party. Hey, give me a viable third party. Give me a viable third party that's not full of shit. Because here's the thing: Jill Stein was full of shit. Yeah, like even, that's my even, thing with being like we, uh, the Democrats have to put up the right candidate. Who are y'all offering up? You offer up Jill Stein. Jill Stein was terrible. Jill Stein was terrible. What's a good candidate at all? So what are we supposed to do? Oh, you want me to vote and for the third party? Money, Jill. Where's the money, Jill? <laughs> yeah. You other people, oh, I voted for this candidate. I was like, oh, the candidate you voted for isn't even on the ballot in all 50 states. Fuck am I doing here? What you you no, you, you wasted your vote. You did. You did. Because, you know, that's at the time to have an experiment. To make a statement. Not time to make a statement. When the neo-Nazi back candidate is on, it, it, it just isn't. And I'm sorry. I don't blame you for all of Trump happening, but you have to take some blame and you have to come to terms with what you did. Because here's the other thing too that nobody talks about. And I think it's important. A lot of those people that did that, they did so because they also thought Clinton would win. You thought Clinton would win too. That's why you were comfortable doing that. Because if you didn't think that, I don't believe you were that dumb. Yeah. Well, here's the some thing. are some are. I yeah. some people, and and this is why I just I can't. Who gave their vote to Stein or didn't vote for Clinton in swing states? That to me is crazy. I get it a little bit if you're here in California. Right. Or if you're in New York and you're like, I, I couldn't bring myself to vote for Clinton, but like I voted for everything else. Right. I get that. 
in a swing state? You, to me, you have no excuse. I don't care if you did think she was going to win. What were you you were in a state. You know your vote counts extra. What were you thinking? And here's the thing. I, I said this on the last show. I brought up the um, black men for Bernie, who then that dude who then went uh, to support Trump. And he says that he, I went to help suppress the black vote in swing states. How do you think he was trying to suppress the black vote in swing states, folks? Why is it that the same language that Bernie was using, Crooked Hillary, was language that Trump was using, was with the same language that some of these Russian uh, accounts that were linked to social media you were using? It was all the same thing. If you say it enough times, people start believing. Maybe not you. And here's the thing about it, too. Maybe not you. But if you also help spread that message, you got to somebody else and you helped suppress the black vote. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people understand how that worked. It is scary. And I think I've actually lost follow, not over this, but I think I've lost follow because there's been uh, months when I've um, been going in on like Richard Myers and the comic gate people and things like that. And I'm always the Star Wars people, the, 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 the Snyder, Snyder cut fans and things like that. People try to always figure out why I always go in on those people, right? And I'm like, because this is a new Gamergate. Think about it this way, all right? Elections for president happen every four years. So 2016, start around, let's say you get somebody who was, so it was, I guess, like Gamergate and, 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 and and the uh, what was it? Um, they were they were running the. You're still showing stuff. I think that was around what, like 2014, 2015? Yeah. All right. So at 2014, 2015, let's say you got a kid that's 16 years old. They're into video games, and they see this movement that is talking about. You know, athletes and gaming journalism. You know, and their video games, they don't, they're stupid, they're stupid 16 year old, right? They don't know any better. And they follow it because, like, oh, I believe in this. I believe that the game, video game reviews should be ethical. They don't understand the whole thing about, you know, that is based off of, you know, a dude who literally tried to was harassing and, and abusing his, 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 his ex. So they get into that movement. Next thing you know, just surrounded by these people who are also talking about this other stuff the alt right. You know, they're talking like they're talking some racist stuff, but they, they also kind of make a little bit of sense. 16 years old, 17 years old. When 2016 comes around, guess what? They're old enough to fucking vote. Mm -hmm. And they've now spread that information to their little buddies, to their parents, to their parents, friends. This shit isn't a fucking game. This shit isn't about just, oh, it's just about comic books. Oh, it's just about movies and things like that. No, it's a recruiting tool. You saw it. This is literally what happened. They got young kids. This is why when you saw those Trump rallies, you would always see those young kids, like 17, 18 years old, talking about like teens for Trump and things like that. Where do you think that shit came from? Mm -hmm. They're and literally... People who will tell you that they feel disenfranchised because, you know, the the main character in their favorite video game is now a, a woman of color 
and society has has flipped on them and treated them wrong and and girls won't date them um so so now they hate everything and obviously that's tied to you know Mexicans stealing their jobs it it's all the same it's fruit from the same tree yeah it's it's, it's recruitment so right now we're in right now and this is why I say it's very very important for people to understand this is why I say no 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 you you we have to talk about the third party voters we have to talk about the people who didn't vote that stayed home because they're important because they're going to be targeted again by these people who are being recruited right now. What's happening right now is a recruitment drive. They're recruiting these people. They're recruiting the young. They're recruiting. Hey, they're recruiting the old. I, I make it seem like it's young. It's just young kids. Not just young kids. They're also recruiting the guy. They're also recruiting the older Star Wars fan who doesn't vote. Or hasn't voted before. Now it's like, look, they're changing Star Wars. What's next? They're taking your jobs. You're doing all this stuff. Don't you want to vote for Donald Trump? That's where this stuff is coming from. It is. And if you uh, if you don't believe us, just go to the the piece that I wrote about women in Star Wars. Just go read the comments underneath yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's like have you have you have you have any of you wondered why they all say the same thing? It's like clockwork. They all say the same, same thing. They're being given talking points as if it's a political campaign because it is like a political campaign. Like, I, I think Barack Obama won and I think that he was given so much credit for, um, for those two years for his use of social media. And it was great. He did. Problem is, I don't think anybody else in the Democratic Party understood it and realized how important it was. The Russians definitely did, and some folks on the right definitely did. And what they do now is they recruit. They spend the two, three years in between. Um, they found a new way to have culture wars, which is what we're having right now. The whole Star Wars thing is a culture war. Even, and this is why I tell people that when they say, oh, I just didn't like Last Jedi, I'm like, no offense. You probably need to sit down and really think about it. And think about why you don't like it and figure out if it's, if it's that you really didn't like it or if you're being influenced by somebody else's opinion on why you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it really examine that because you're being full of shit. I'm sorry, it, it just is. Now, if you want to sit there and go, oh, maybe I'll grow it, that's one thing, fine, let you go. But I'm like, you're literally following the talking points and the ideas of what these people are doing. And it goes beyond that. It goes beyond it. It it then gets into politics and then it gets into people's views on certain things and certain things that are happening because it starts with, Oh, they're changing They're changing star Wars or changing this to then. Oh, wow. Why are they forcing me? Why are they forcing these general neutral bathrooms? You know, it, it's it's all there, and I, oh shit, sorry. And I need people to understand that if we don't have a real conversation about this shit and linking this, because we we've we've seen the links. People, have, you know, and, and, and the weird thing about it is it, it it hasn't been big enough outlets until it was too late, because they started linking 
the alt right to MRAs and things like that. Those dudes now we don't talk about the alt right as much anymore. They rebranded. Mm-hmm. Comicsgate is a new thing. That's the new thing for them. They just all went there. The anti star, the anti SJW Star Wars stuff. That's a new thing too. Because here's the thing. Mark my words. Go on to YouTube right now. Look at all. Put in Star Wars and look at all these people that have sprung up. They have all these followers now because they talk about all this anti Star anti SJW Star Wars stuff. Next year, about and middle of next. Go ahead. Incels. Don't forget incels because I just I found out about them what like a month ago yeah. and I was horrified. Right, right. So now keep an eye on those. Mark those accounts. You don't follow them or, or just mark what they are. Go back and check them a year from now, like middle of 2019, and look at how many of them are now talking more politics shit. I guarantee you it's going to happen because what they've done is they have built up their followers and their viewers and subscribers off of this other shit. Now they have that. They either have that or they have a mailing list. They have a subscriber list. They now have ways of reaching millions and millions of people. And that's going to be turned around and used in the next election. You're going to see all the, whoever the front runner is for the Democratic campaign party is going to be hit with that. Like I, I almost wanted to be Bernie Sanders. And you want to know why? Because you're going to watch and see how many, how he's loved right now. And if he becomes the front runner, you can see how many people flip on him. Mm-hmm. And all these things you thought were all of a sudden, all the stuff that they ignored in the last election, all of a sudden, all that's just going to come up and it's going to suddenly stick. Why? Because all the, the, the attention going to be flipped onto that to, to making him look bad. I kind of want it to happen just so I can see people like all of a sudden have to be, I have to reckon with at the, the Bernie stuff that isn't so perfect. Yeah. I would love it. I, I, like you said, if it was, if if it, I'd almost really want this to happen, if it wasn't so scary, what's gonna happen? Like, I I have been preaching this stuff for months because I've been watching it happen on YouTube, going, oh my god, they've literally let these people like. If you think what what happened with Facebook, is a lot, and even then, even, even with all the stuff that Facebook did, by the way, you said what now? I, I'm waiting. Uh, Twitter's still trash, by the way, like in terms yeah. of how they handle stuff. I'm waiting for them to release their commercial. Their, oh, yeah. We're sorry, commercial. Oh well, because the funny thing about the the, the YouTube the, the Facebook thing is right. It there's nothing they can do. They didn't change anything. You now have more options as you run ads on Facebook because I've been playing around with this. The way you can drill down into and, and target people is insane. You can target people that are joined into certain groups. Who they work for, all the information is there. You can target people with your ads using that. It's all there. Like nothing, nothing really changed for Facebook even after this came out, right? Because the people that that would enact change don't uh, outside of Facebook don't know how it works. They don't know how Facebook works, how it makes its money from ads. And honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we really want them to. Change, because here's the thing: it's great when you're when you're when you're using it for like us. When I'm like, oh, I can use this to you know target people who like Star Wars with you know the article that Shanna wrote. Hey, that's good for me. 
But you can then take that if you were evil. <laughs> you know, they give they give pre- preferential treatment to videos. You ever wonder why all those videos you saw pop up on Facebook with all those weird things about, you know, and, and again, remember, there's, there's so much leeway with political ads. You don't have to be truthful in political ads. What are you going to do? So I, I think that I, I get it. People were like, oh, well, don't blame, you know, these vote. Like, it's not even really about blaming. It's about acknowledging what happened. Mm-hmm. If you don't acknowledge what happened, if you don't acknowledge how people were duped, and yes, you were duped. There, there was a graph that happened a little bit that showed Clinton's popularity, Hillary Clinton's popularity before 2015 was higher than almost higher than Barack Obama's. Yeah. It might have been even higher than his. Then suddenly in 2015, it it dropped. And it wasn't because people all of a sudden people found out about her and knew her. No, it wasn't. It was because it was a targeted campaign to drag her name through the mud. And we know that. I mean, you've heard this before. I mean, it's like, it was old school politics just used with social media. You drag somebody's name through the mud and it affects how people, it affects turnout. Just what it is. And people are like, oh, but she won the popular vote, so that doesn't matter. No. But she lost the states. No, that's why the Comey thing came out right before the election. Like, all of those things count. It's like, I mean, we, people act like we don't watch shows where this happens. Like, we watch TV shows where they do this, like, 48 hours before <laughs> election day, they drop some bomb about the candidate, um, the opposition candidate, because it just... It does. People are already voting is already annoying and it takes a long time with this um, midterm election that just happened out here. I woke up that morning. I was tired. I almost didn't vote. I was just like, you know what? Uh, It'll be all right. But then I was like, no, I have to. And then it turned out that I think like less than like 20 percent of the people in my county voted in the first place, which is just even more horrific. Um, But, you know, I did it. I went out and I did it. And I'm sure probably other black women like me went out and did it because that's what we do all the time. But I don't know why people act like these things don't. Oh, it's, it, it doesn't matter. Like she was going to win anyway. People don't vote anyway. All this other stuff. It's, it matters. Every single vote. The fact that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and still didn't win the election. Every vote counts. Well, that's the thing. I think. So it was a perfect storm, right? It, it was a perfect storm of one, the Russian interference, and, and again, I think I think we should. I'm, stop, I'm gonna stop saying in, in, interference and say influence. Russian-backed influence. That's what it was. It was influencing people's opinions about certain people and certain things. But then you also had again, you had the, what the Republicans did in certain states with suppressing the black vote on purpose, coming out and basically saying they were going to suppress the black vote. And and all the work they put in there, you know, cutting down the number of uh, polling places and things like that. So so you forcing people to have to stay in line for eight hours just to fucking vote. You do all that and then you add in this this other stuff. And then, you know, like you say, it's like people go and like, well, she's going to win anyway. So why do I even bother? It was in. And again, it was dirty. It was dirty politics, but politics nothing less. And I don't think people want to admit that. And I'm like, you need to, because if you don't admit to it, if you don't acknowledge it, it's going to happen again. 
this whole thing of, oh, well, if, if, if Democrats just run, you know, some progressives and people to the left and that'll be fine. I'm like, they need to do that. Yes. That's not the whole story though, because whoever is, is, is there is also going to be dragged through the mud and it's also going to have to deal with all this stuff going on. And you need to address that up front. Mm-hmm. And you need to know how it went down. Because if you don't, problems. Or or get better at doing it to the side. Although I don't know at this point what else you can do to Trump to bring it down. Like I don't know. It just doesn't work. So I I, I, I said I, I, I think it's like I said, the week has been so hard because I'm just watching people not understand how fucked it is. And I think people want, like, I've seen so many people go, oh, well, Democrats should do this, and oh, well, maybe they can make it hard for, for, for Republicans to pass. And I'm like, you guys need to stop that. Well, I just need hope. I'm like, no, we're past that point now. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, we, we, we are, I'm sorry, we're past hope. You don't get hope right now because we got into this mess. What you get is the fucking, re- and you need to deal with it. I think, I, I understand, uh, you know, with all, because shit, even I need it. Like I, I was telling you, I, I mentioned this before, slightly before, we're going on break for two weeks. One, I'm packing and trying to move and clear out this house and we have San Diego Comic-Con coming up. But two, my mental health. I just need, I need a two week break of now having to deal with also you know, maybe I can avoid actually reading the news and, and doing that stuff and take that, take a little mental health break to do that. Um, but at the same time, I also know I have to deal with what's going on and deal with the harsh reality. We need to, we, people need to, instead of talking about all these roundabout ways of how Obama could have stopped force Mayor Garland in a recess appointment or what Democrats can do to stop this and, and rally stuff like, no, 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 no. Here's what you do. The first step is realizing how bad it's going to get. And what that mean by that is Trump, by the time he's done, could end up nominating four Supreme Court justices. That is the reality you need to deal with right now. And yes, that is depressing. Yes, that is sad. Yes, that is upsetting. But fuck your feelings right now. You need to deal with that. You need to grasp how real it is so that when the elections happen, you understand the desperation that is going into that. Because honestly, that's what also happened in 2008. Yes, Obama was... Go ahead. It's not... I... Any other time, if this was happening, I I would be like conspiracy theories and like this is crazy sauce and that can't be real. But no, like it, this is not you know Breitbart saying that this is happening or you know some other random blogger. Like Facebook had to put out ads saying they're sorry because they know that their systems were manipulated. This is real. This is happening. So this is not fake. You, like you have to understand what is happening and what could continue to happen. And look, I love, I love the idea of hey, get money out of politics, get the get the big interest group out of politics. That's that's all good and well. That's fine. That's fine. That's great. That's great. 
That's great that you guys are holding Democrats to that shit. But here's the thing. Republicans aren't being hold to, held to it. So th- this idea of holding one side accountable while the other side literally gets to do whatever the fuck they want. Stupid. Stupid. Not going to work. Not going to work. Sorry. Sorry. Now, we had an entire, we had an entire government full of, 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 of Democrats and people to the left. Then, yes, that, that makes sense. We can all come to that agreement. Handle that and go from there. But we don't. We have a you you have a government that from the local level up to the top is basically run by Republicans. I'm gonna be honest, I don't give a fuck about money and politics right now. Not when it's a one sided conversation. I don't. I there's certain things that you gotta stop the bleeding. And you are not when 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 you when you realize that you are not in 2018 and 2020 are not going to be faced just against Trump, who since he got elected has been run, he has been in campaign mode. Mm-hmm. He's already been campaigning for 2024. I mean, 2020. This, this man has not Stop. stopped having rallies. right. But not even just that, but financially, I believe they did something so they can also still raise money for their next campaign. So they're already in that campaign mode and have been. You're not just dealing with his money. You'll also be dealing with the outside influencing money as well from a whole entire nation in Russia. And God forbid the Chinese decide they want to do it too. This is a man who is bought and paid for already. So going, well, when we run as Democrats, we're going to make sure everybody pledges and not have, not take outside money when you know that the other side is going to have outside money, sorry, that's stupid. Politics is dirty. Going to have to get fucking dirty. And it also means, and this is the last thing, and we'll do a great moment why people get out of here. It also means, looking at you, Nancy Pelosi and, and Chuck Schumer, when somebody like Maxine Waters sits there and says, we need to get out there and get in these people's faces and make them uncomfortable, you either shut the fuck up and don't say anything or you back her play. Mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, can't understand why Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi formed their mouths to say anything about what Maxine Waters did. You don't see Paul Ryan doing that shit. Like, there are literally neo-Nazis running for to be in the House of Representatives. Paul Ryan hasn't said shit. Mm-hmm. Paul Ryan was forced... I can't remember who that was. Gene Ford or whatever the guy who actually beat up a reporter in 2016. Paul Ryan was forced to sit there and say, we don't support that and blah, 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 and run through the motions. When that dude won, after getting a misdemeanor charge for for assaulting a, a journalist, Paul Ryan welcomed him into the House of Representatives with a smile on his face. Steve Scalise who I believe is a majority whip, went to a white nationalist rally by a group that I believe, I think I mentioned this last time, was 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 was, was uh, founded by David Duke. Mm-hmm. Paul Ryan has nothing but good thing to say about Steve Scalise. I've never, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen Paul Ryan criticize a member of his own party. At least, at least uh, criticize a member of his, his house of representatives, uh, of his house. And even of his own party, because honestly, uh, he only does it when he's forced. Like when Trump has done something so horrible, 
Paul Ryan is forced to like five days later. Chuck Schumer and and Nancy Pelosi open their mouths within within like two hours of 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 of, of Maxine Waters saying that we should rightfully so make these uh, races uncomfortable anywhere they go. The fuck are you doing? And here's the thing. I do want parties where people criticize each other. I don't want a party where, you know, folks are clearly doing something wrong and people are afraid to call it out. But my God, the Democrats, (laughs) like the way that they cannot get on the same page or the way that they can throw each other under the bus, it it is astounding to me. It is astounding to me. The way that they also refuse to back any black women leaders Mm -hmm. in their party. You know what it is? When you have, when, when all the responsibility is put on one side, you have a party that, that literally has an identity crisis and they don't know what the acceptable they're trying to be on a moral soapbox so their whole idea was and i i understand it's like well we don't want to be the party that is sowing division because that's the other party so we have to tell maxine water she can't do that i'm like that's a stupid idea that that that, that's not going to play for your base because your base is black women and you don't seem to understand that and that's not going to play but that comes from the idea that nobody holds republicans responsible for anything and we have to fix that. It's not that we're so divided as a country. We've always been divided as a country. This is a fucking civil war fought in this country. Like people sit there and go, we're so divided now. I'm like, yo, we literally fought a civil war. There's literally been right. What are you doing? You 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 have literally had to to have the Civil Rights Act to make sure that people were treated fairly. We've always been divided. So this idea that we're so divided right now, we've never been together. So that's bullshit. So I, I, there's this idea that you can't, and it goes back to that, 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 that fucking rapper who died. This idea that you can't tell people who are bad that they're bad because that somehow is divisive. It's like, no, Sarah Sanders should not be allowed to eat at a restaurant wherever she wants while also spewing lies every day and showing no no humanity. You get the humanity you give. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the Democrats have fucked up is that you're trying to show humanity while the other side doesn't. And you're trying to give them humanity when they'll give you none. Fuck that. No. It's okay to be hypocritical, quote unquote, in those cases. I'm okay with people who are like, hey, we want to abolish the death penalty. I understand, you know, especially when as a black person, it's used against us. Here's the thing, not crying when Dylan LaRoof gets killed. Don't give a shit. It is, that is okay. It's called being human. He showed no humanity. He gets none. Fuck him. Not my problem. We can still talk about abolishing the death penalty. We can talk about all the wrong that's done for people. I don't need that kind of purity. And I think so many people are trying to get that. And that's not how, that's not how 
we, we as humans don't work that way. We've never worked that way. Ever. Mm-mm. So stop it. <sighs> anyway. All right. Let's do... Uh, yeah, it's just... This is why I gotta take this is why I gotta take a break. This is this is why I gotta take that 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 two that two week break. Um not just because of uh you know everything else going on, but just because it, it, this is fucking draining. It's fucking draining. It's unbelievable and draining. Um all right, let's do a great moments of white privilege here. Where is my beautiful great moments of white privilege music? Because you can't do this. There we go. <laughs> All right, great moments of white privilege here. Um, this is this is Obama. I told Trump to just rename Obamacare and take credit for it. <laughs> president Barack Obama told donors on Thursday in Los Angeles that he told the then incoming President Donald Trump they should rename Obamacare and take credit for his success instead of repealing it. During a question and answer session at the fundraiser with Democratic National Committee Chair. Uh, Chair Tom Perez Obama said he didn't have pride of authorship over the Affordable Care Act and would have been happy if Trump kept the program but called it something different. I said to the incoming president, just change the name and claim claim that you made these wonderful changes and and I would be like, you go. He says he laughs because I didn't have the pride of authorship and I just wanted people to have health care. I put this on the great moments of white privilege because this is literally what black people do all the time sometimes with white people that they either work with or that they have to deal with. It just be like, you know, this needs to happen, but you have no empathy and you have no care for people. So just take it and we'll say that you did it. We'll say that you came up with the idea. I mean, <laughs> I, it's, I'm surprised he didn't do it because God knows Melania be out here plagiarizing Michelle at every turn. So, <laughs> Well, I think it's one of the things that you know what it is? Um, Obama's in, and I think this is the next, the next statement is probably why he didn't do it. Obama then said that Trump uh, couldn't do it despite controlling all the brands of government in Washington. They couldn't do it because we had actually thought it through and it's a hard thing to do. I think that's why Trump didn't just take over and do it himself. He wanted to prove that if Obama had gone through this and done it himself, that he could do it too. Because Trump has... You know, Obama imposter syndrome. He wants to be loved like Obama. He wants everything to be like Obama. He's that fucking racist. We've all been there with a white person who's just like, wants everything you have as a black person or a person of color because there's no way you, if they, if you can do it, surely I, the white guy, can do it myself. Just going to show you how just sad. And, and, but it also, it's like, when everybody was like, oh, Obama should have done this, he should have done that with health care. It also goes to show you just how how much how hard that was. It was not easy, folks. Healthcare was hard. Quite a lot of work. Anyway, time to get out of here. Um <laughs> Shanna, tell everyone where they can get your your Patreon and where they can find you on Twitter, please. One more time, patreon.com slash young god. Um, the comic uh, Twitter is young god comic one. I am at shitty bomb and you can follow me. You can follow the comic page. Um, my artist, uh, 
Tara. She's at Teaspoon Arts. Um, yeah. So, and also I think she has commissions, right? open right now so if you want like a, a quick sketch or something like that I think she has commissions uh, starting at like five dollars um, so if you want something made just for you this is the time to do it you guys got it and like I said we're taking a break from the insanity check for two weeks um, because I, I, I got stuff to move I got people coming out and and I got a um, we also got San Diego comic-con coming up as well so that's going to be a, we got a lot of stuff coming out. We don't have anything announced yet just because we don't have any confirmations of things we're going to be doing, but um, follow us on Instagram and YouTube for stuff like that. So YouTube is youtube.com slash MTR network and then MTR network on Instagram. Follow us there because we're definitely going to be putting out more video content from San Diego Comic Con as we come out from there. Uh, also, just because I'm taking a break from the insanity check does not mean we're not putting out other content. Uh, Deepom has, has promised you guys some solo stuff. Uh, for the character corner, so that'll be coming out hopefully over the next couple of weeks. We also have uh, he also has a unanimous decision podcast coming. I have the first part of the Twelve Monkeys. Uh, I can't remember what season. I guess the season four review is is, is out. Uh, they've already put it up. The doctor's already put it up. I got to put it out this week. We're doing uh, right after this. I'm doing. We're sitting down with the doctor. We're going to be discussing the first season of Dominion. Um, we're putting the first season. It's a nostalgia review. Putting the first season of that on the free feed, on the uh, non-premium feed. The second season of the discussion of that will be on the premium feed. And we're having Ralph and the Black Eye Tips join us for both of those. Uh, we have that in there. And then there's a lot of stuff for premium stuff we're also planning out as well. So you're still going to get a lot of content. You're still going to hear, 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 hear my voice on some shows. So, um, yeah, just stay tuned. And, um, yeah, we will be back at the end of the month for uh some more insanity check stuff because by then who knows maybe we're all in cages at that point and i'll be um doing a show live from a cage who knows what's going to happen with a two-week break from the insanity check so again folks thank you guys very much for listening make sure you find us at mtrnetwork.net and search for uh on itunes stitcher radio google play uh you can search for insanity check as well for the podcast so again folks thank you very much for listening and shannon thank you very much for joining me Next time we're out of here, peace.